He makes a way. To your attitude. Huh? Alright, then, then I will continue. The word faith. Understand of uh, what volume? Three. Understand the various uses of the shades of the uh, understand the various shades of meaning the, uh, of the word faith as used in the Bible. Message number is it six? Four now. It's four. Number five. All right. Message number five. Amen. The word number four, actually. Number four. Yeah. The word faith in the New Testament. Message number four. The word faith in the New Testament, number 14. Okay. All right. So what we have been talking about is the word faith, as used in the Bible, has various shades of meaning. In the Old Testament, we saw at least three shades of meaning. I wouldn't go there. In the New, we are looking at the fourth shade of meaning. In the New, we looked first at faith, at, at faith as a word used to describe uh, religious profession or vocation. Number two, as a fruit of the Holy Spirit known as faithfulness. Number three, uh, faith as a pair of spiritual senses. Huh? Uh, otherwise, also known as apprehending or appropriating facility or faculty by which an individual apprehends biblical truths and what God has inside those biblical truths known as spiritual realities and then appropriate them. That's faith as an apprehending and appropriating facility or faculty. Last Thursday before last, right? Our last service, we began to look at another shade of meaning of the word faith in the New Testament. That's the fourth one. And this fourth one speaks of faith as a gift of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. It speaks of faith as what? A gift of the Holy Spirit. Please, notice the differentiation. And the ones we're going to be teaching now is not faith as a religious vocation or religious profession. No, we are not talking about faith as a fruit of the Spirit. No, we're not talking about faith as a personal app apprehending and appropriating facility or spirit sense organ. No, we're talking about faith as a gift of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't understand this different shade of meaning of faith, you will also run into problems understanding faith as a whole. And you will get confused and you will go into unnecessary, uh, uh, what do you call it, controversy and debates and arguments. Because the way faith is presented here is as a gift of the Holy Spirit. So that has made some people to say that, hey, faith is a gift. 
meaning that it's a gift some people could have and others could not have. Are, are you all following? But if you understand what we have been teaching, you will not go by that argument. Are you all following? Are you following now? So if you understand what we have been teaching, you won't let that argument put you into confusion. You know exactly how to dissect it and put the various shades of meaning of faith in their various positions. So this particular faith we are teaching, we say is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And we saw it in First Corinthians. Let's go to First Corinthians 12. Go back to that scripture. That's our take-off point. And we begin to look at the shade of meaning of the word faith there as a gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Praise the Lord. And I am going to differentiate it more from faith as a fruit and, and the, your personal faith as a, a spirit sense organ or faculty. Okay. Now, concerning spiritual gift, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. King James says, ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Three, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of God, as the Holy Spirit, says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Four. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. That's where we are heading into now. Varieties of gifts. It's talking about nine different forms of divine abilities that the Holy Spirit imparts upon the believer. They are actually operations of the Holy Spirit in and through the believer. So next, verse 6. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. Varieties of ministries talking about the offices that are in the church. Apostle, prophet, pastors. They are different from the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Moving on, 7. But the same, okay. There are varieties of effects, or six rather. But the same God who works all things in all persons. Seven, we begin to list them, the gifts. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. I want you to mark that expression, for the common good. That will help you understand this faith. Go back to seven. I want you to pay attention to verse seven. That will help you understand this faith we are talking about, along with the other gifts of the Holy Spirit. For to one is given. Notice the word. To one is what? Given. That's how you, we got the word gift. Huh? Go, no, I'll say go back to seven. Seven, seven, seven. But to each one is what? Given. The manifestation of the Spirit. So we call it gift of the Spirit or manifestation of the Spirit. Amen? It's talking about the activity of that invisible person of God in you, known as the Holy Spirit. He manifests, he operates, when he operates, the operation is invisible inwardly, but from the activity that comes out of it, you see a manifestation. 
And remember, we know of manifestation of evil spirits. Is that correct? But this is manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Spirits always are invisible primarily, but they will always get to what? Manifest. Does anybody follow? But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Pay attention. For the what? For what purpose? The common good. The common good. King James, what does it say? Anybody has the King James? Huh? All right, I got everybody out of using the King James. Huh? What is it? What does it say? For the profit of all. I want you to pay attention to that. Pay attention to that because we'll come to that. Amen. Eight. Eight. For to one is given the word of what? These are now the gifts. These are the gifts. But to one is given a word of wisdom. We did a series on this years ago. We'll do it again soon. And you ought to be operating in these gifts. And when I do it this time, you will operate in them. I will get them out of you. By fire and by force. To come to a point, if you don't have gift operating in you, 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 you'll be put in the back seat until you find one. How many of you agree to that? Okay, they are not ready. All right. All right. For to one is given the word of what? Wisdom. Listen, always through the word, the spirit. To another. So here are the gifts now. Count them. The one, the gift of word of wisdom, number one, right? To another, be counted with your fingers. Word of what? Knowledge. And not uh, according to the spirit. Another, another, another what? Faith. By the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing. By no, to another, uh, by the same spirit. Another, workings of miracle. King James, New American Standard, effecting of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And another, distinguishing of spirits. And to another, various kinds of tongues. I, I think the King James says tongues. Is that correct? That's not very accurate. The various kinds of tongues. This is different from the tongues you speak on your own when you're praying. All right? I wouldn't get into that now. And to another interpretation of tongues. Go back to verse 7, I believe, where it says uh, faith. Amen? 8. 8. Or 9. I believe it's in verse 9. Yes. In verse 9, it says to another word, faith. So if you see that faith there, you say, okay, now I know why I have not been walking in faith. Because it's a gift God has given to some and not to others. What did I say to you about that? It is not so. Remember elsewhere in the Bible, the Bible says God has given to each one among us a measure of faith. And the Bible never contradicts itself. So here's the difference. The one God has given to each one among us, the measure he's given to each one among us is faith as the apprehending and appropriating facility or what? Faculty. That is the faith that God had already implanted in every human being. And the purpose of that is for you to live a victorious, triumphant life on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. 
for yourself and for your family. Do you understand? Yes, every good thing comes from God as a gift. Is that correct? But that one is not a, 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 a gift. Faith as a gift. No. That's basic faith. Remember, it's for every individual. The believers get to use their own, you know, towards God. For their own personal well-being, victorious and triumphant life and living. Is that correct? Is it clear? But this faith here as a gift is also an apprehending and what? Appropriating faculty or facility, except that it is God's own. You, you did not get that. Huh? Did you get it? You didn't. Okay. Let me, because you see, if you get it at this point, you'll get it always. Now, the third kind of faith, I'm, 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 I'm rewinding. The third kind of faith we talked about was faith as an personal apprehending and appropriative facility or faculty, or we call spirit sense organ. Is that correct? It's faith that God has put on, as far as I understand, on every human being. Believer or non-believer has it. Or it's amplified in the believer because the believer uses it for God, the true God. Amen? And uh, he knows it's there, he tries to use it, he uses it. And that's the faith by which he gets to believe in God to begin with. And after he believes in God, comes to Christ, he continues to use it for daily victorious living to meet his personal need on a day-to-day basis. Is that clear now? Okay. And this, that, and this new one are also different from faith as a fruit. Amen? Faith as a fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness, meaning that attribute of God that he gave to us by which we cultivate a, a spirit, an ability to uh, 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 rely and depend on him and allow him to, and men to also rely and depend on us. That's faithfulness. So we have faithfulness, which is faith as a fruit of the spirit. We have faith, apprehending and appropriating faith, otherwise known as spirit sense organ, which is faith that God has given to every human being. It's not about a character you cultivate. It is a facility you cultivate that you have, you cultivate, and you use it to receive from God concerning your personal needs. Moment to moment, day to day, week to week, month to month, January to December. Do you understand that? Personal. So meeting your personal needs. Amen? All right. But at this other dimension of faith, which is like the third one, is because in the sense that it's also an apprehending and appropriating faculty, except that it is not yours, it is God's own. Oh, pastor, do you mean God has faith? Yes. I know that's what you're wondering now. And I'll say something about that quickly. Now, let me give you an example. On every day, all of us have cars. 
And some of us have front wheel drive. Is that following? I mean, are you following? Huh? Uh, you know, small cars and then vans. Most of them don't have four wheel drive. So on a, any day, you're good with it. Is that correct? But as a day that that you have difficulty traveling with that. And somebody has a four by four car, a four wheel drive. He says to you, use my car. Okay. <laughs> so this faith is four by four. It's four wheel drive faith. It belongs to God. <laughs> God saved me from that. You see how he gave me he gave me a very good example. I, I, are, you, are you following now? So that's what some people call God's, kind, God's own faith. This is God's own faith, which he what? Imparts on you like he imparts any other gifts of the Holy Spirit on you. See, all those gifts of the Holy Spirit mentioned there, nine of them there, and there are a few others. If you go to 1 Corinthians 14, there are a few others added there. They are all abilities of Almighty God. Are you hearing me? Which he does what? Imparts on the believer when the need arises. And I will tell you that there's one purpose for those gifts. I will tell you. But do you understand so far what we are talking about? So I'm bringing you to a level of understanding that there's another shade of meaning of faith which actually speaks of faith in another dimension. Meaning God's own faith, which he does what? Imparts it just a little bit. If he gives you too much of this, you will explode. Just a little bit. He imparts on you when the occasion arises. Now, I want to warn you, you don't go about going to sleep with it and waking up with it because it's not your own. They're like that four-by-four car they gave you. After you finish, you take it back. Thank you. Without you, I couldn't have gone to work today. Eh? All right. But if you need it next time, you can ask or he gives you. Are you all following? Are you following what I'm saying? All right. So, it's imparted on the believer when the occasion arises. What's, any question? Oh, you say this is service time. Can I, yeah, you can ask us at this time. I, I wouldn't I take, accept every question. But it has to be the question of expecting to lead us to the next one. Go ahead. Thank you. Prior to a miracle. All, all faiths, this and the personal faith also, they work miracles. But you're, you're, you're headed in the right direction. Your head is special. The key word there is special. Yes, any other person? All right, I'm moving on. All right. So, pastor, when is it needed? If I have my faith, when is, why would I need this other kind of faith? I will tell you right away. God showed me this. And for your information again, if you want to understand this fully, Take, just take 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Find it in that book and read it. Brianna did a, a lot of reading on it before, before she retired. And uh, <laughs> she's reading more important things now, right, right? No. But here's the point. It is given like the other gift there for kingdom purposes. And it's not primarily for your own benefit. 
is for God's purpose and for the benefit of others. If you have the gift of healing, who gets healed? You or others? <laughs> okay. Eh? Yeah, at the end of the day, you get, you get your own healing too. But primarily, God, when you receive a gift of healing, for instance, it's, the Bible says for common good. And common good is no more self-personal, self-centeredness. It is, okay, let me put it this way. It's given to you for kingdom purposes and for God's kingdom glory. For the benefit, the kingdom say, for the benefit of how many people? All. So when you exercise that faith, it's not, you're not exercising it primarily for your, meeting your own need. You're exercising it primarily for meeting God's kingdom purpose for his people. Does anybody understand that? Uh-huh. So, and let me say this to you before we move on. This gift of faith, like the other gifts of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> this will, I, I mean, I wouldn't have said this except that it's, it comes with a message. How many of you would like to operate on this, with this gift? How many of you, seriously, it's your father's thing, so, okay. All right, very good. You want me to tell you how you receive it? Huh? Number one, you have to be available. <laughs> you asked for it, right? Okay. Oh. Did you ask for it? You raise your hands. Okay, if you have to receive it and walk in it, number one, you have to be what? Available. Uh-huh. That's even the least thing. Hmm? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And you have to be what? Willing. Because the kingdom task for which is given is, is not going to be a joke. That's where Brother Andrew is talking about serious miracles. These are miracles on a different level. But you have to be willing because the problems for which this gift is given are challenging. You have to be willing to confront them. You want the third one now that I said the two difficult ones? You want the third one? Huh? Okay. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, um, let me pray if I should give it to you. Praise the Lord. All right. He said I should give it to you. Amen. Let me find it now. Let me make sure I give you the, the right one because I know you will not want just anyone. Amen? Then you have to be ready. What are the three things that will make it possible for you to receive it? That will allow the Holy Spirit the freedom to impart it on you. Number one, availability. You cannot want to show up in your convenience and want God to give you a gift he has in stock for those whose priority is his kingdom business. Does that make sense to you? How many of you, if you have business, you hire just anyone? You want to hire those who will call in? How many weeks in a year? 52. People who will call in 49 weeks. You hire them? allow them to do with their time what they want to do. Are, are you following? That's how God works. 
Uh, but we are children of God. No argument about that. But he's looking for those who put their hands on the plow and not move it back. So number one, you have to be available. Number two, you have to be what? Willing. Willing because there's going to be for challenge. It's not a piece of cake. It's not a picnic. You have to be what? Willing to challenge impossibilities. Number three, you have to be what? Ready. You notice that let me give you one of the operations. And, and this faith is shown everywhere in the Bible. David's confronting of Goliath, I believe, is a gift of faith. It's a gift of faith. <laughs> and I will, I, will, I will use that as an example when I will give you examples. You notice that, number one, David was available. And he didn't just show up in the battlefront. He was available in the, in the farmyard. To begin with, the family sent him there and said, stay there. And he was so focused to the point that when the man of God came to the house, he wasn't even in the house. Number two, the father wanted to send somebody in the farm. He was ready. He went. And when he showed up there, was he willing? Yes, more willing than trained soldiers. Number three, and I never forgot that. A lot of people don't see that. All they saw is the five stones he used on Goliath. He did something before he picked up the stones. The Bible says he took his bag and gave to somebody else. See, readiness. <laughs> because the weight is an encumbrance. Oh, no, you don't understand. If you talk David, all people know is the five stones. And so some of them have gone to pick five stones by the beach and brought to their house and say, God has made me a David of this generation. No. Read the fine prints. So are you ready? So this is faith. Every gift there is for kingdom purpose. That's why the Bible says, for the good of how many? All. Huh? It's not just faith for you to get a good job. That's your personal faith. Are you listening now? It's not faith, oh, that you will pay off your mortgage within so so time. Thank God for that. That's a faith for your personal use. But now we're talking about faith for God's kingdom purpose. And a lot of Christians have not come to that level of seeking. Uh, do you remember the scripture? Sister Maxine reminds us of that scripture all the time. Seek you what? First, what? The kingdom of God. And his what? Righteousness. And what? Everything must be added unto you. He's been spoken to believers who have not made the kingdom purposes and plans of God, a priority in their life. Not just kingdom plans and purposes for them, but for others. So as long as you've not come to that level, you hardly, God will hardly depend on you to the point of imparting this faith to you. Praise God. Did you get the sense, the shade of meaning of this faith? You do now, right? All right. So that is God's own faith. God's own faith. Let's look at some of the features. I just want us to look at some of the features of this faith. Amen? Number one, you know, with faith, when you talk about faith, you talk about the apprehension first. Is that correct? Uh, perception. 
substantiation, is that correct? The elements of faith. Uh, and um, reckoning, and then conviction. In this faith, God has already done that. So it's a divine, see, because it's God's kind of faith, so it's a divine apprehension or perception. Amen? Of the realities. God has faith. And God operates with faith. You know, when God created us, what did God say before he created us? Let us do what? Make man where? In our own image. Why did he say let us make man? Because he had in his mind a perception of what man should look like. When he made that perception, what came up after? He believed. By what? He persuasion. Is that correct? Speaking. Is that correct? Let us make. And what's the next thing he did? He stooped down and molded. That's belief. <laughs> Do you follow? So God is the author of faith. He works in faith. And the difference between his faith and our faith is that his faith, nothing can challenge it. No doubt, no unbelief, no nothing. No distraction, no corruption, no fear can challenge it. Are you following? So when it comes to this kind of faith, he has the apprehension, the perception already sorted out. Are you following? Aha. Uh -huh. He does it with his own faith. He perceives there's a problem, gigantic problem, but God does the apprehension of perception. He does the substantiation. He does the, what's the other one? The reckoning with, and he does the conviction. He's convinced. So what he does now is he drops it on your soul. <laughs> so the first one is divine apprehension. Hallelujah. I said the first one is what? Divine apprehension or divine perception. So you don't use your faith to start to figure those ones out. He uses his faith to figure it out and then he drops it on you. I'll give you an example. Go with me to Mark 11. Mark 11. Let's look at an example. There are tons of examples of this in the Bible, of this faith in the Bible. But we'll talk more of that when we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But for now, let's look at an example. I say the first attribute is what? Divine what? Apprehension. So God uses his faith to apprehend or perceive and substantiate, reckon with and, the, and gets convicted or convinced of the, the, the solution. And, and so he uses a what? A vision or a speech or a voice to communicate it to you. And that's why you have to listen to God. Are, are you following? He can use a vision or a dream. That's why you have to quit paranoid dreams. Always pursuing somebody, pursuing you to kill you, running after you. When you fill your heart with all those cookiness, you're not moving forward with God. And they're all lies. Hear me clearly. He uses a vision or a dream or a voice to communicate this reality to you. Amen? Let's look at this. As they approached, that's Jesus and his disciples, as they approached Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, listen, 
he sent two of his disciples and said to them, listen, look at that, go into the village opposite you, and immediately as you enter it, <laughs> you will find a cult tied there, on which no one, huh? go ahead, no one yet has ever sat, untie it and bring it here. Next. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? You say, the Lord has need of it. And immediately, he will send it to back here. Number one, when they went away, let's look through. Let, before we look at that, let's let, let just stop where we are now. Did you see that that was a very difficult situation? You believe that? Very humanly speaking, it's impossible. Everything we've read there, humanly speaking, is impossible. Is that true? Okay. One other thing about the gifts of the Holy Spirit is that they are like the lines of the rainbow. They are not always clear-cut. So I can look at that, those words of Jesus, and tell you two other gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Operating with the gift of faith right there. And that's how this gift operates. They operate together. Are you following Okay, go back to verse, uh, to verse 2, I believe. Verse 2. And he said to them, go into the village opposite, opposite you, and immediately as you enter, you will find a call to there. So that's the Lord's faith. You notice, he's, in, he's figured it out. He's imparting it to them. You can also take that to be a word of knowledge. That's also a word of knowledge operating with the gift of faith, gift of word of knowledge and the gift of faith. I will talk about gift of word of knowledge some other time. But you don't know where one stops and the other starts. Come on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Am I making sense to you here? Yeah. Are you following? Yeah. All right. See, this is in the Bible. It's not good enough for God's people to just read and keep going without understanding what is happening. That's the teaching ministry. Praise the Lord. How many of you have read this before? Okay. Well, how many of you are seeing something new here now? Thank you, Paul. Amen. All right. So, and it says, immediately as you enter it, you will find a cult on which no one has sat. What did he say they, they will do? Untie it. That's the gift of word of knowledge. As if you continue, word of wisdom. If you continue how he led them, what they will do if this happens. That's God's wisdom at work. But it's also his operation of the gift of faith. Are you following? So why I read this passage is that this is an example of the operation of gift of faith. He, God, Jesus, right there, had already, by his faith, a word of knowledge, seen there was a cult in the next village. <laughs> is that correct? Okay. Let's say he used the word of knowledge to see it. Now, he is imparting to them a gift of faith. No man that you know of, that I know of, can walk into a village and stop in their square and see an animal that's tied up that doesn't belong to them and start untying them. You may not come out alive. Am I right? Okay. In those days, today they will call police. In those days, they will not call any police. You may end up in the dinner table than the calls. Earlier than the cult. Okay? So, that's a difficult 
situation. Did you see that? Secondly, what was the cult to be used for? Huh? That's the cult he will ride as the king to enter into the city of Jerusalem. Is that a kingdom purpose? Is it for the needs of those two disciples? No. <laughs> Am I making sense to you? Were they available? Were they willing to go with all the risks? Were they willing to go? See, the gift of faith sees risk. The human part of the fellow sees the risk. He says, uh, how am I going to do this? But the God kind of part of him says, you can do it. Were they ready? You, know, you, you notice not one of them said, let me go and tell my grandma. Before I come back, they, were, <laughs> they went from there. Did you see the gift of faith at work? <laughs> okay. And you know one of the one of the things I find about the gift of faith, it takes care of your doubt before you even, you know, before they ask, before they ask Jesus, whose cult is that? And suppose we are untying it, and somebody he told them already, meaning I've figured it out. You go. Praise the Lord. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Let me tell you. They are now operating on a different level of faith and belief. And you notice that their believing was divine too. In all boldness. Their persuasion was on a different level. And do you know that the problem showed up? <laughs> And you know what I understand about the gift of faith is that when you're exercising it, you're not responsible for yourself. Let's go to verse 4 quickly. Verse 4, quickly. If anyone says to you, okay, all right. So they went away and found a cult tied at the door. Did you notice that that faith was accurate? Huh? All right. Outside in the street. And they did what? On Tied it. They untied it. Is that believing? That's divine believing. They found it. They untied it. Next. Some of the bystanders were saying to them, What are you doing? Untying the cult. They spoke to them. You know, I never got through this line without being amazed. What did they spoke to them? Their opinions? Okay, uh-huh. They are cultural idioms. Their feelings. The constitution of their country. <laughs> I, I always love that. This, they, they spoke to them just as who? Jesus, the king, had told them Notice again, it's not personal. And they did what? They gave them permission. Wow. Uh, is that miracle there? On a different level. Because the Holy Spirit, the moment they acted and spoke forth, the Holy Spirit moved on a realm. And that is 
And the same realm he would have moved if Almighty God, the Father, and the Son said to him, move. <laughs> Amen. Next verse. They brought what? The cult to Jesus and put their coats on it. And he did what? Sat on it. Who is he? Jesus. What was the position at that time? The king. So what was he trying to demonstrate? The kingdom. Because he rode with this cult into the city of Jerusalem. The crowd saw him and said, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the king. Blessed. Hosanna to who? The highest. Some other verse, verse say, the son of what? David. Well, the son of David, hello, is the king. Number two, second feature. Number two, dramatic impartation. Dramatic impartation. What do I mean? Now, if it were personal faith, if it's uh, the faith as a personal spirit sense organ, apprehending or appropriating faculty, they will, you know, you know, it comes as they grow in the Lord, as they exercise every, this faith every day, it keeps growing. Are you following? Uh, and um, when they had thought, if they had thought that the Lord, if it was their own faith, they would have thought that the Lord, you know, he would need a ride to the city. And they say, okay, they go and pray. Or they stay in the spirit and listen to God. And God begins to tell them, you know, well, why not you, one of you, go and try and find a cult? Because the Lord is king. You will use, need uh, to ride into the city. And then faith tells them. They can go and ask somebody. They can go and buy a cult. They can do anything. At least they prepare for it. Are you, are you following? If it were your own faith, right? But with this situation, no, no nothing, nothing like that. It was imparted for that moment dramatically. So with this kind of faith, when you confront a situation or a problem, whose solution will entail the meeting of God's kingdom pleasure? As long as you are available, as long as you are what? Ready or unwilling. It will in dramatically impact that faith. All of a sudden, it will come like a surge. And, and you know what? I know that some of you have been in that situation. I have been in that situation. Whereby I didn't plan it, I didn't prepare it, it just came up on me at that time. I used it. Boom. Dramatic what? Impartation. Praise the Lord. Like David. David showed up. He had no plan. He didn't plan for fighting anybody. But when he got there and saw an uncircumcised Philistine, that's what he said, David himself, insulting the armies of the Lord, he said, how dare you defy the armies of the God of Israel? He didn't say, how dare you insult my two, three senior brothers who are in this soldier and, and our king? Look at you. Who are you? Oh, they, I mean, who, who is this guy? I don't like what you say. No, 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 no. How 
is this undefined, this uh, 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 what? Uncircumcised Philistine, defying. And I like how he said, he didn't say the army of Israel, which is the same thing, but the army of the, of the God of Israel. And there we are. When you do something because you want to bring the glory of God and of his kingdom, if you're willing to live that way, whether you, it's, do you know that David had a schedule before he went there? He was supposed to take the food there and come go back to what he was doing. But when he got there, he said, no, I can't live this situation like this. It is not right to the image of Almighty God. That's kingdom. And as he was expressing that thing, that faith came on him. Boom. <laughs> there, Passover was coming. And these disciples didn't prepare for that. And the Lord spoke to them. I need a cult to ride on. What? Okay. You notice they didn't ask any question. They went. David was crying one day. There was a battle. There was a water he used to like to drink. But news was that the enemy forces have surrounded that water, that river, the source of that water. He was crying, I wish, oh, that somebody would give me a drink from the water of so-so-so-so. Two of his servants heard it. And they said, for the king to cry out for that water, we must go. They went without telling him. <laughs> they brought the water and gave it. He said, where did you get the water? They told him. He said, what? When did you go? He said, now, nah, we're just coming. Did you meet those? He said, yes. He poured it on the floor. He said, drinking this water will be drinking your blood because he understood that men risk their life to satisfy his desire as the king. Here. <laughs> Everything has to be comfortable for us. You have to promise Christians today of coffee, three square meals, one and a half hours of service. Are you listening? AC blowing in summer, heater round the clock in winter. You don't like what I'm saying. No wonder we don't see things like this happening in our midst. You know, oh, oh, oh. And the same people will come to you, how oh, I wish we were in the Bible days. I don't know what these days are. They are not Bible, they are newspaper days. I wish we were in the Bible days. You say, Pastor, how come the miracles of old don't happen now? I see they are ready. Bible days. Wow. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Dramatic and impromptu. It's impromptu. And it's given for unusual situations and when kingdom interests are at stake. Praise the Lord. They are impromptu, dramatic, impromptu, and they are what? When in most unusual situations, especially when kingdom interests 
are where? Are what? At stake. Number three, and we'll close. Mustard seed measure. Mustard what? Seed measure. All the faiths need a little measure to begin with. But actually, God's kind of faith, faith as a gift of the Holy Spirit, known as the gift of faith. Did I tell you that's the name, right? The gift of faith. Is that correct? It's typically mustard seed in size. You don't need a large measure of faith, of any kind of faith to begin with. But especially this one, you don't need a large measure. Amen? And if you have, get a large measure, it won't fit your soul. I told you, your soul will explode. And the reason why you don't need too much of it is because no, it is not affected by doubt, unbelief, corruption of any kind, fear and anxiety. Our personal faith can allow those things. Are you following? And that, that's why you've heard Jesus say to some people, if you have faith and do not doubt, he's leading you to another level of faith. Because God does not doubt. Amen. Praise the Lord. Does God fear anything? No. When you are operating in that realm, you're on that level. So you need just a little speck of that faith. It will blow up anything. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. It is not usually large in in quantity, but it's large in quality. Amen. Because it's incorruptible. Not affected by fear and all that. And um, like I told you, it does not. It's not subject to corruption. Let me give you a lesson. When God was showing me this, I remembered some of the classes, the things I was taught in pharmacology. The study of medicine, uh, drugs and medications and how they work. That's a principle without boring you with much of it. When a medication is potent and efficacious, you don't need too much of it. You need just a little. But when they give you too much of it, it means it's not that, you remember? Okay. Effective, powerful. And that's why when you're giving medications, you, there are two medications that can be used for something. Amen? That's what we call equipotency. That's medication A, it's used for the same purpose. You may need maybe five milligrams. When it's not available, you're going to use the other one. But you may need 30 milligrams of it. <laughs> so the God, God kind of it, God's own faith, you don't need too much. And I want to say this to you as we round up tonight. It's available to us. And you know what? You have to learn to walk in your own faith first. Uh, all right? You know, learn to walk in your faith. So when that one comes, it wouldn't be strange to you. You will flow. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, if you can be used to accomplish God's purposes, I mean, our own faith, personal faith, God expects us to 
let, let me tell you, God wants us to walk in that moment to moment. But there are times when you will need this. Let me give you another incident where it was used. Remember Elijah? We told him the rain. It was God's face. <laughs> Remember Joshua making the sun and the moon to stand still. It wasn't man's face. It was God's face. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. And you know what? The Bible says Elijah is a man like us. We cannot just limit ourselves to the daily needs and problems that we face as individuals. God is expecting much more from us. Remember the three attractions to this? Three things that attract that faith to us. Number one, Number two, huh? willingness, right? Number three, readiness. If you know you have this three, stand up. I like that. Everybody has it. Whoa, they got the question. Thank you, Jesus. Even Ryan. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, come on, let's lift our hands up and thank the Lord. Were you blessed tonight? Hallelujah. You see, God has so much for you and I in his word. And the devil is a liar. Every attack he's doing to us is to distract us from higher things. Let me tell you, the things that God has given us, he's attacking them so as to distract us from moving higher. Uh -uh. That is over. Amen. We must move higher. Uh, everything God has put in our hearts. Come on, clap for him real good. Real good, real good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at the three Hebrew boys. Do you know it was the gift of faith that took them there? Huh? Esther, the gift of faith. Daniel, in the lion's den, the gift of faith. <laughs> but they started with their own faith. You have to understand. It was in the course of their own faith that they got into trouble. And God is like, go with your faith, I'll, I'll put mine on you. 